listening to Veg Your Best with vegan life coach Michelle Olander. Episode 85, an interview with fashion and image consultant and longtime vegan Ginger Burr. Welcome, VegHeads. Welcome back, my Veg Your Besties. As I record this interview today, April 14th, you know, it's been spring for a few weeks, but it only just got warm enough here in Western Massachusetts for me to open windows and try to air out the house. And if you've ever tried to air out a stale room in a frenzy before someone came by so they wouldn't judge or criticize, you know, you know that it's a very different activity than joyously throwing open the windows and breathing deep the spring scents just for your own pleasure. In both cases, in both cases, you're just opening windows. But one action is fueled by feelings like shame or embarrassment. The other is done out of delight, appreciation. This week on Veg Your Best podcast, we talk to style and fashion consultant, and yes, veteran vegan, Ginger Burr. And I think there is a similar distinction to be made to the way we dress. Do you get dressed the way I tend to do it? I throw on clean clothes as quickly as possible with the aim of hopefully being protected from the vagaries of climate, physical discomfort, and external judgment. No, you don't? It's just me? Or are you someone who takes pleasure in dressing? Dressing yourself in a way that makes you feel happy and comfortable, confident. That's the promise of nationally renowned fashion and style consultant, Ginger Burr. And with Ginger's advice, you can also feel peace knowing that all her suggestions will be cruelty-free. And that's been a challenge for some of us who are newer vegans. I hear about it all the time. Now, Ginger is an expert, and over the past couple of years, she has made it quite a bit easier to get her personalized advice and resources by developing her online classes. And I've wanted you, my Veg Your Besties, to learn about Ginger since I first started the podcast. But to be honest, I was nervous. I was nervous to invite her. That's how highly I think of Ginger, but I didn't want you to judge her work by me. Kids, My issues with clothes go deep, and I'll talk about that after the interview. Also, if you are someone who is wondering how being vegan or moving in a vegan direction will affect your career, I think Ginger's story is a good example for us to keep in mind. So, enough preamble. I hope you'll really enjoy getting to know Ginger Burr today. 
Ginger Burr, welcome to Veg Your Best. Thanks for coming. Oh, thank you, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure. You know, uh, Ginger was just reminding me of how long it's been since we've chatted. And apparently it's not 20 years, but <laughs> it's close. Almost. <laughs> close. Ginger and I uh, have worked together quite a while down, down the pike. And uh, Ginger actually went to a woman's college near where I went to. You went to uh, Mount Holyoke, right, Ginger? Yeah, yes, yes. And I didn't realize until I was looking at your website that you were a music major. I was a music major. Yes, nothing related to fashion at all. Yes, that's wonderful. What was your What was your instrument? Was it your voice? Was it your voice? And then I also played piano, but it, it voice was my instrument. Yes, that's wonderful. You know, I think so many of us. Uh, have a variety of careers and a variety of backgrounds, which which make it kind of fun to talk to people and kind of hear your backstory just a little bit. But on your website, totalimageconsultants.com, Ginger, I saw that you had um, you were not always a fashion expert. So this is what we're going to be talking a little bit today about how Ginger uh, became became vegan quite a while ago. Uh, how she's also created a very, very um, fascinating business, a very successful business, helping women uh, find their own personal style. And she's uh, managed to incorporate those two things, which is kind of uh, fun. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Ginger, tell me how long you've had your business, Total Image Consultants. Oh gosh, do I have to say? Yeah, it's uh, 35 years, a really, really long time. Yes. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. I never had my colors done until Ginger did those for me. And I found out a bunch of colors that I wore all the time and actually still wear, but, oh, <laughs> but they're not my best colors. <laughs> uh, not anymore, huh? Yeah. 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 So it has to be redone now and again, right? It, well, it does. If your hair color changes, that's when it needs to be redone. And, and or I tell people if it's been more than like 15 years, it's probably not a bad idea to revisit it. But yeah, the skin color kind of has its different, different colorations, I think, over over time as we go. Things, through things change. Yeah. They just change. And also, you know, I periodically get some new colors in my system, even though I already have two th over 2000. But, you know, I periodic periodically get some new little subtleties. So it's nice to see what else pops up. And I can do it virtually as well as in person. So people don't have to live, come to me. So it's yeah, it's really pretty cool. So and that was true before uh, COVID before the pandemic, right? You were working virtually before? I did. It was it was a smaller portion of my business that I worked virtually, but I, I have worked virtually for many years. Now it's the primary way that I work. I have lots of great software and all that kinds of fun stuff that I can do that makes it incredibly um, uh, doable to do everything virtually. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. So let's go let's go back in time because I just said that you said you didn't always on your website it says you weren't always into fashion and style. Yeah. What changed that? Well, you know, I grew up when there was no internet, there were no makeover TV shows. We didn't get fancy fashion magazines in my house. So there wasn't a lot of way to learn about fashion. I had an interest somewhere in there, but I didn't know how to learn more about it. And most of the people I knew weren't really paying a whole lot of attention to it. Everybody looked nice, but nobody was really into exploring fashion more. But what happened for me is that as I got into my teens and my 20s, and that's a time when so many people will say, oh, you know, when I, try, when I was in my 20s, I could throw anything on and look good. 
I wasn't one of those people. I always compared myself to my friends, compared myself to other people. And I always came up short. It's like, why does that look, look good on her? And yet it doesn't look right. Or I don't feel good in that same outfit. And I could not for the life of me figure out why. And so I struggled a lot with it. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, I looked fine, uh, but it, it wasn't really making my heart sing or I would get, get a look like, oh, I really like this outfit. I mean, could I reproduce that? And, and you know, did I know why I really love that outfit? Not always. And that was the problem. It wasn't, um, I couldn't reproduce that result. And so it wasn't until I was just about to turn 30, now by with all your great math skills, you all know how old I am, but um, uh, I, I met a woman, I'm an amazing, glamorous, smart, talented woman who was doing a three-day workshop. And I, I signed up for myself and I think I was in it for an hour. And all I could think of was, oh, this woman is amazing. She knows what I want to know. And so I picked everything up quickly. I loved it. And basically she became my mentor and trained me and so that I could then go and help other women because I knew, I knew I wasn't the only person who was struggling with my style. What do people get when they find that, that something, that, that style or that confidence in, in how, how they are presenting themselves? What do you think changes for women? Well, basically what you said, confidence. I mean, I, I wasn't second guessing what I had, you know, what would work for me. I felt that I felt more empowered when I went out to shop. Uh, I was like, oh, nope, that doesn't work so well with my body type, or this will need to be tailored, or these two things aren't going to go well for me, or that color is not good, or whatever it is. There, I also had tools. I had information because, you know, we, we tend to think that it's getting dressed should be effortless. And it can be. It can be. But I always say you have to put in the effort ahead of time and you need to have a plan and you need to have the tools. And when you know how to assess something, that's the thing. It's not as simple as we might think, and particularly as we get older and bodies shift and lifestyles change and all that kind of stuff. It sometimes takes a little more effort to figure out what works for us now and what fits into our life and our bodies and our coloring and all of that kind of thing. So it, it but it increases our self-confidence and it just, it makes life easier and we don't waste money on things that we're never going to wear when we have the tools to be able to assess something accurately. I think that's, I think that's so great. We're not just shooting in the dark at maybe this, maybe that, try this, try that. You know, yeah. you reminded me the idea of effortlessness, because I know I grew up thinking it's just effortless for some people. It's just easy. And then you know, if you if you study in the Renaissance, there was this idea of sprezzatura, the idea that something could just be that a courtier in the in the Renaissance would just show up effortlessly elegant and beautifully, but but of course it there would be so much studied elegance underneath it. It was, but it was supposed to look effortless. And it's kind of the sting in the tail of that entire um of that look that some of us have all kinds of uh, energy to put in that area. And others of us, maybe less so. So someone like you can help us fine tune and target uh, where we want to look effortless, where we want to put that energy. Absolutely. Particularly if maybe shopping isn't your most favorite thing to do, or you get overwhelmed by it. You know, it's it's hard to walk into a store and, and if your eyes just glaze over and then you think, I got to buy something. And what people do is they go to what's safe and familiar, 
And then that, but that doesn't always feed their soul. And so they, they, they settle for things. Or as one woman I was talking to recently said, it's not so bad. I'm getting things that aren't so bad. I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's not what we want to be shooting for in our wardrobe. We want wonderful and great and we want to love it. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you love to shop, you still need a plan. You still need the tools, but at least you don't mind going out there and kind of, it's like a treasure hunt. For somebody who doesn't really like to shop, that's a nightmare. So I'm going to, I'm going to put myself into this category. I don't like to shop. And, and as a life coach, as talking to people all the time, I, you kind of certain themes come up and I know that when I go into the world of trying clothes or thinking about clothes, I instantly go to this feeling of being judged of how someone else is going to see it. So I have zero fun (laughs) because my head is suddenly in someone else's, um, head. Yes. What do you suggest for people who start to like, they almost don't even know what they like because they're so concerned about being judged. Right. You know, there are two things that are really important when we're choosing a look. One is what you just said, how we're perceived by others, but that takes a backseat to um, feeling good ourselves so that it boosts our self-confidence. When we can put something on and say, yeah, wow, I look good. We project this confidence. And then what happens is the people that we meet, one of two things happens. Either they're like, wow, you look really great. Or they don't say anything at all. Or we don't care. If they do Mm -hmm. say, why are you wearing that color? What did you do to your hair or whatever? We don't care because we feel good about how it it looks. So when you aren't second guessing yourself or you aren't thinking, oh, are these pants the right length for me? Or does this, is this jacket too tight? When you know, yep, the jacket fits me perfectly. Yes, these pants are the right length. Then you don't, it doesn't matter so much what other people think because they're picking up on your energy, which is full of self-confidence. That's a great point because that, that idea of, yes, thank you. Next. I'm just, that's fine. I'm all set. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all set. So, and you also work, as I remember working with you, you have even um, almost formulas of how things should hit and, and, and fit right? Um, there, it's not just, it's not just your, you're not just eyeballing it all. I'm sure now maybe you're capable of it, but you actually worked with a very, um, uh, a very specific kind of chart in your brain of how things should fit. And it's not just in my brain. It's something that anybody can do. It's, you can find it on my website. It's called the fashion fit formula. I've been doing it for 18 years with people. And basically what it does is we take 12 vertical measurements, or I show you how to do that. And then I input them into a database and it tells you exactly where should your tops and your capris and your dresses and your three quarter length sleeves and your necklines and all those things, where should the end on your body to balance your body vertically? Mm. So it gives you again, and this is one of the few very exacting tools within, you know, so much of fashion is subjective, but this is a very exacting tool and it gives you information. So if you're buying a top and you say, oh, it's two inches too short. You can say, okay, you know what? That's going to drive me crazy. It's not going to balance my body. I'm going to hate it. Or you can go, you know what? I don't care. I know it's too short. I still really, I love everything else about it. I'm going to buy it. So it gives it, it, it you're then purchasing something from a place of power. Hmm. So I think that's wonderful for people who are out there, maybe listening with my level of, uh, 
of, of fashion incompetence behind them or, or story or the story in their head of fashion incompetence. Isn't it interesting to know that there are, there are reasons why sometimes things don't work on us. It, there's, it's not us. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with your shoulders, your legs, your waist, your hair. The issue is the clothes. Right. <laughs> it's yes. the cut. Yeah. Yes. yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who I have fairly narrow slope shoulders and there are many people who do, and I have clients who do, and for some people it bugs them and some people really like it, but clothes hang differently than they do on somebody who has square shoulders. So I know, for instance, a drop shoulder on me just makes me feel more sloped. I'm not mm. going to do that because I don't feel good and I need a set in sleeve. And that's just something I've learned over time. And now I will never buy something with a drop shoulder um, because I'm not going to feel good in it. So yeah, we learn those things about ourselves. And that, and also I think sometimes we think, oh, that's just, um, there's actually vocabulary. There are actually in, um, measurements that are giving us this, this impression. And until someone kind of shows us, we think it just, it's magic or there's something you, you just know that no one else knows. I think that, I think that's great. And I think that's something I hope my listeners are understanding um, that if, if this is an area where you have any sense of discomfort or any sense of like myself inability, there are people like Ginger who really um, can help point you in the right way. And Ginger, what, how, how do people begin working with someone like yourself? What's the, what's the usual method? The method that I'm using right now is that I have um, online classes that, mm. that I teach live. <clears throat> One of them is a six-week class. I also have a closet cleaning class because everybody said they were going to clean their closet during COVID and nobody did, um, or they didn't get all the way through it. And these are ways, and what's wonderful about these classes is that when you're in the classes, you get to learn, I, I shared massive amounts of information. And then if you need a one-on-one -on -one session with me, like, okay, I've got, you know, 45 tops in my closet and, you know, I need your help being able to go through them and go boom, boom, boom. Yes, no, maybe. And so we can set up a one-on-one -on -one time. So it gives people the best of both worlds that way. So they get the information and then I help them to, I can help them to apply it privately if they don't want to ask questions in the group programs. But that has been incredibly effective over the past couple of years and actually works at a much lower price point than my, I'm not taking private clients right now or private program clients. It's that's at a much higher price point. So this seems to work well because people can kind of pick and choose what they need to do. So it's been great. Plus it can come as you know, for just a color analysis. So I try to have different ways that people can learn from me depending on where they are, what their needs are, what their budget is, all those kinds of things. Because there's probably no end to it. Once you start, you can always look at some other portion. And for like, like for example, what was somebody just telling me about? Oh, they had never bought uh, a formal, a formal gown mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And they were like, where do you even begin? How do you, do you just look at Bloomingdale's uh, uh, website? So someone like yourself, even if a, 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 a consultation could give them a sense of where to begin when looking at hundreds of gowns to save a lot of time. Oh my goodness. Yes. It can get so overwhelming. And right now I know not everybody loves to shop online, but there are many more choices online and it can, it, it can be a lot. So you can, you know, you can just be over what, where, what color do I do? What kind of sleeve do I do? What kind of, you know, skirt to the gown, you know, all of those kinds of things. If we can start to narrow it down, then it feels manageable. 
Yeah. And you know, I, everybody is telling me that they've been invited to a wedding every week this year. <laughs> I bet. Yes. Yeah. And, and can you wear the same gown to trying to triangulate who's, who do I know that's going to be yeah. at these different, at these different events? So, yeah, I think, so this brings me to this whole idea of the pandemic and COVID. A lot of people probably stopped dressing up, um, stopped wearing, uh, or making that extra effort in their appearance over the last couple of years. Have you, have you gotten that response from people? It was fascinating because when it all started, there were a couple of different camps there. One was I'm living in my pajamas and I'm good with this for now. Then there were people who were, you know, their lifestyle had changed a lot because a lot of people now I'm only going to work from home and, you know, probably for the next year or two. And I don't know what to wear. Or people who's, you know, I've gained weight, I've lost weight, you know, now what do I wear? But what was really fun, the, actually, the second camp was people who said, I've got a little more time. I'm either not in the car so much, having to go into the office, or I'm working less, or I've changed jobs, or I've been laid off, or what might have happened, and I, I have some time. I think I'll, you know, be fun. I need something fun. Let's go through my wardrobe. And so that's when I created the class because people were looking for something fun and different and, but also that gave them, gave them value um, as well and, and um, really served them in their life. So it really, there were two, there still are kind of two camps. <laughs> they're, they're not, you know, they haven't necessarily all gone. Everybody is not necessarily moved over to the camp of t-shirt or workout clothes. I'm good. And that's fine. If that makes you happy, I have no problem with that. You wear what makes you happy. That's, that's always my philosophy. Of course. Now, so, so how do, if we are, as you know, this is called Veg Your Best. A lot of my listeners are people who are moving in a vegan direction. And I know that that is one area that, um, you know, to be vegan is to not, it's not simply how we eat. There are many different aspects to it, as you know. And for some of us, uh, some certain things are harder for each person on this journey. I know some people have really uh, struggled with the idea of clothing, particularly shoes, bags, but shoes, especially, I think, because they get such hard wear in our feet. And um, what, what, did, what have you learned over the years of being a vegan and being a fashion consultant that you could maybe give some hints to my listeners here? Well, I've been vegan for 17 years. And when I first went vegan, I mean, I haven't eaten red meat in over 40 years. Mm -hmm. Somehow I didn't know about veganism. I don't know how that happened. But as soon as I learned about it, I stopped eating dairy immediately. That was really the big thing that I was eating. And I stopped eating it immediately. And then I thought, oh, well, as you just said, veganism is not just about what you eat. That's plant-based. But veganism is really about not harming animals in any as, as much as humanly possible in anything that we do. And so it does affect our clothes, our beauty products, makeup, skincare, all that kind of stuff. And I had a moment of panic <laughs> where I just thought, oh, okay, I am an image consultant. So I have to look good and I want to look good. How am I going to do that? And then I let myself panic for a couple of minutes. And then I thought, Ginger, you know, get a grip here. You know, let's make this an adventure. And so when I really looked in my closet, I realized I didn't really have much wool except a couple of winter coats because I, I found wool itchy and it, I had moths at one point and all that stuff. I didn't like silk because it was a pain in the neck to take care of. So most of my clothes already were vegan. 
My shoes, however, shoes and handbags were not, they were leather and those were the hardest. And so I went crazy and I bought pretty much every pair of shoes I could find. Some were horribly uncomfortable, some were ridiculous and you know, um, it all worked out eventually. Now there are so many options out there. So many, so many. And so it's really not, I mean, you can go, I just got this really great pair of shoes from Nordstrom that are man-made. They're really pretty for the summer. Um, there are so many options out there for vegan shoes. And, you know, also little white trainer sneakers, very popular right now. Yes, some are leather, but most of them are not. And so, in fact, I just ordered some sparkly ones. I know I'm crazy. I haven't gotten received. I'm waiting for them to arrive. I'm like a crazy person. But, um, you know, that's easy, easy. If you want something comfortable and really in style, grab a pair of those that you can wear them with everything, including dresses. So, you know, there's there are a lot of options out there now for making that switch to the vegan fashion aspect almost seamless, almost seamless. Yeah, I think it just takes a little extra movement out of the out of the categories you used to look in. I think and I think that different probably than 17 years ago when you were first really trying. Yeah. You know, winter coats, well, they still are the hardest of all of that, but way easier. You know, when I, I was trying to find a winter coat back 17 years ago, it was tricky. And at the time there was a company called Vote Couture, which was amazing. And I still have some of her coats. Unfortunately, she closed her business a couple of years ago. Hers were the only coats out there practically. And now there's places like Save the Duck and just coats in general that you can find out there that are warm, that are beautiful, and that no ducks were harmed, no fur animals were harmed, you know, and so there's, and no sheep were harmed. So it's, there, there are many, many, many more options out there than, but you do have to look a little bit harder. And the fall, winter obviously is, is more challenging because there's so much more wool and cashmere and mohair and fur and all that kind of stuff out there, but there are options to all of that. I'm glad you mentioned Save the Duck that that I had forgotten the name of it, but my husband bought us both Save the Duck uh, coats this winter and they are very nice without without down. They have that same look. They're very nice, slim profile for yes. they're kind of puffer, but still slim. Very nicely done. Yeah, yes. I, I think this is it's an area where people who are vegan and who are moving in that direction, um, it's good for us to chat to talk, to ask each other what they've learned, because it can be a little bit of a challenge when you're first, um, when you're, when you're first looking at the, I was sitting next to a woman on a plane the other day and she had these cute wedge booties. And I finally got the, she, I, she wasn't with me. And I finally just got the, um, the courage to say, I really like your boots. Is there any chance they're not leather? And she goes, Oh no, I'm vegan too. Because she had oh. heard me say something to somebody else on, on well, she anyway, she she already knew that I was vegan, and she goes, "I'm vegan too," and those are by MIA. I don't know if it's pronounced Mia or MIA, but those particular ones were man-made materials and um, super cute, and I bought them. <laughs> wow! Wow! I love that, and that's how I found out about Save the Duck. I had a friend come over two or three years ago. She was wearing the most beautiful you know, puffer coat. And I said, that is gorgeous. What's it made out of? <laughs> and she said, oh, look, it's by Save the Duck. I went on that day and bought one. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I love that. Yeah. It's, 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 I think we, we need to be brave and, 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 you know, even if it isn't 
when we when we admire something, even if it isn't uh, vegan or it isn't within our kind of choice group, we can still make a kind of mental note to what we like about it. And there's so much more available that we can kind of uh, put that in our wish list to, to keep looking for something in that in that direction. And I like the way you asked the question too. Is there any chance that's not made out of leather? Rather than just, oh, I love your boots. You gave so that she might think if she wasn't vegan, she might think, well, what else would they be made out of? Yeah. Not be leather. So it could open up the possibility for a conversation without being mm -hmm. confrontational. So that was beautifully asked. Oh, well, that's nice. I didn't even think of it that way. But yeah, it was because I, I really did covet them. <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. So it is, and, and also, and, and all kinds of, um, obviously, we can only do what we are aware of. So when we're, when we're vegan. So there is the temptation, I think, with some of my clients who are new to like, kind of put their fingers in their ears and just go, I, I'm not going to even ask, I'm not going to read the directions, I'm not going to read the materials right now, because I, I, I'm making too many decisions right now that are new. And um, I encourage people to just do what they can do right now. Because if we make ourselves crazy, we don't have that energy to keep growing and keep learning. Um, I, not everybody agrees with that mindset. I'm sure you realize, and uh, you probably know better than I do, that some people think that that's a little uh, insufficient. But I, I find um, that the people I work with, they need a little more handholding. They need mm -hmm. a little, they, I didn't see what I didn't see until I saw it. Right. Yeah. You no, know? exactly. Well, hey, you know, it wasn't until I learned that eating dairy contributed directly to the dairy industry. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't eaten veal ever. And now I'm contributing to those poor little calves being slaughtered. It was horrifying to me. Yeah. And I, before that, I didn't know what I didn't know. And then as soon as I knew, okay, now I can make that change. So yeah, we have to, and that's where, you know, kind of following people who have information. I'm, you know, I, I still learn about, about things. You know, I try to be very open and very aware, but it, we're all, you're right. We're always, learning. And, and if anybody does follow me, they will see that every single blog post that I do in all the examples in any of my classes, when I'm doing PowerPoints, every example is vegan. I never show something that is not. And I want people to see that that is an, you know, that veganism can be fashionable and that we have tons of choices and I'm not going to help promote, you know, wool and down and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, it, and and I share where things come from, like save the duck. <laughs> so yeah. So just just looking at your blog, just looking at your website, can be a bit of an education for someone who is moving along and becoming more aware of the choices available to them. Absolutely. If I don't know, I don't know if my listeners, I I, I have promoted a couple of things that Ginger's done, but she does her. What do you call it? Your porch uh, catwalk. catwalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love I'm that. Riding. Friday. On Friday. So yeah, you have to look on Facebook. I'm sure you can see all the back ones that she's done. Oh, they're all there. And Instagram also. They're they're on both. Yes. <laughs> and it and and Ginger does a great job of explaining why certain things look, why we look at them and go, oh, that's that looks good. And why we look at certain things and go, hmm, why, why doesn't that look as good? Helping yeah. to train our eye, the way we have to train our thoughts about what we're purchasing and where our money goes and what we're underwriting when we're when we're buying food or buying materials, but we can also train our eye and train our brain 
about our style and about our fashion. What, what's the biggest thing that you've seen change, Ginger, in the last, you know, couple decades in, in fashion? What's something that like that you that you can't believe has changed? Well, it's so funny because years ago, probably 30 years ago, um, a good friend of mine, we were I was doing a wardrobe consultation with her and we were, you know, sorting out the things that didn't work. And she said, you know, I just I seem to buy too many little house on the prairie dresses. And she said, they're not doing anything for me, are they? And so she got rid of them. Well, what's in style right now? Like Little House on the Prairie, anybody who's under probably 30 won't know what I'm talking about, but Little House on the Prairie dresses, I'm just like, really? Those are back? I don't <laughs> totally understand it. I, for the most part, I mean, I never say never, but I can't imagine myself wearing one of them. I think they're really probably more the 20 year olds are going to wear them, but I'm just like, oh, do we have to go there? <laughs> it's not my favorite look. Yeah. And they were like the Laura Ashley dresses yeah, yeah, back yeah. in our day, yes. right? Yeah, Laura yeah. Ashley. Laura yes, Ashley. Exactly. Yeah. My, my husband always hated the Laura Ashley look. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a look. It's a look. And, you know, right now that kind of speaks into it, but the kind of a little bit oversized, shapeless kind of dre that dressing is very in. It so doesn't suit my body. I, I look like I'm drowning in fabric for the most part. I have to be really careful about how I do that. But it's, I was just on a, a call with other image consultants and I saw and some of the women who were speaking were, you know, probably late 20s, early 30s. And I was looking at some of the things they were suggesting, thinking, mm, no, my clients aren't going to wear that. Mm. Not a chance are my clients going to wear that top that was like all smocked at the top and then looked, you know, make just a little full around the bust line and the tummy. Like, mm, no, they're going to look like they're 12 years old. They're not going to wear that. So, you know, it's interesting. What do you think that reflects? Do so you think people are looking for kind of comfort dressing kind of? Uh... Well, yeah, comfort dressing to an extreme for sure. And also, you know, it's it's kind of like we what's old is new again. In a way, you know, we call them flared jeans now, but bell bottoms, you know, the low rise, we used to call them hip huggers, mm -hmm. you know, they're there and we're starting because we've gone so high now, you know, they're starting to go down a little bit again, but it's, it's that things need to are come, come back into style. And if we've worn them once, I'm not saying don't wear them again, but I am saying they'll probably come back in a different way. Very high waisted pants are in right now mostly they are worn with a cropped top or a little tube top or something like that that shows the midriff. You know, I'm in my 60s, probably not going to be bearing my midriff too much. And so it's, you know, it's just kind of interesting. The comfort is key, but there are other ways to be comfortable. You don't have to be an oversized slouchy stuff. Um, and also because they that's just the directions fashion's going in right now it's it's gone to an extreme so i'm interested to see if we'll start to go back soon to things that are a little bit more fitted because they do come around you know periodically so it'll be interesting to see if you know 20 years from now the little house on the prairie dresses will be gone again you know <laughs> who knows who knows <laughs> who knows i mean i i agree a few years ago it did seem that there were these bandage dresses everywhere oh yeah yeah Yep. And even even professional women were wearing these really yep. body conscious cl yeah. uh, clothes, which looked to my mind a little more like nightclubby, but, right. but they were everywhere, everywhere. Yep. And there was, and they were short, um, very short skirts for a while, which I think now yeah. this is 
the longer the the longer look is on there. actually i haven't looked yeah and you're right bandage dresses i mean i don't even know where you'd find one right now because they're not you probably could if you searched hard enough but they're they were everywhere as you said now they're nowhere so yeah we have to kind of change with the times but we also have to be aware of what feels good in us and what reflects who we are i mean that's a big part of my business who are you and how do you want to dress so that it expresses who you are and if you know, the big oversized shapeless things aren't making you happy on some level or another, then don't wear them. Don't wear them. So. What is your opinion of wearing trainers or sneakers with non-athletic wear? <laughs> People seem to do a great job with it. And I'm wondering what the secret is. Well, part of it is who are you? And as you know, as, as you probably, you know, knowing me for so long, you know that what I do is I help women to figure out who they are on the inside so they can express it on the outside. And so who you are, if you're somebody who's a little bit more down to earth and, and um, casual and relaxed or funky or laid back or bohemian or those kinds of things, then you're probably going to like the whole trainer sneakers with a, a cute dress. If you're somebody who your inner essence is more elegant and um, classy, sophisticated, and none, none of these, one is not better than the other. None of these are better than the other, but it might not work as well for you. Um, and you know, I'm somebody, I don't own a pair of trainers. I just, like I said, I just bought the sparkly ones and I still might hate them. It's very possible, but in order for me to want to wear them, they're going to have to, they're going to have to have something that's a little dramatic. on Some them. zhuzh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think it's a great look. I'm a little envious that I don't feel as good in them as I wish that I did, but I have lots of clients who wear them and love them. And, and I suggest it to many people. And it's definitely a personal preference, like, like so much right now. It's just a personal preference, but I think it's a great, a great look, you know, if it suits you and it's certainly comfortable. And that's part of what everybody's going for too. Yeah, I find that um, I actually don't wear sneakers that much, but I wear I wear little boots all the time because I I feel that the best feeling for me is to know that I can sprint or walk or yeah not fall, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. not break an ankle <laughs> or a hip. <laughs> to me, right, that yes. gives me a tremendous amount of uh, sense of agency. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So Ginger, I want to respect your time, but I want to help everybody know how they could maybe work with you a little bit. So I understand you are starting up a six week class. Yep. Tell me how that works. So it's starting on April 27th and it's actually the 11th session since COVID started. So it's been very popular. Oh. Um, and what I did was I looked at what, what are the areas that women struggle with? with their wardrobes. And I made a class about each one of those areas. So a lot of times I'm asked like, what's my style? And your style is reflecting who you are from the inside. So the very first class is how do you access that and figure out who you are? And then how do you use that information to create a wardrobe? And then I weave that throughout all of the classes because it's a really foundational aspect of creating a wardrobe. And speaking of foundations, the second class is how do you create a really solid foundation to your wardrobe? So when you bring something home from TJ Maxx or your favorite store, you know you can pair it with something and actually complete an outfit. So many women will bring something home and they'll sit in their closet because they can't figure out what the heck to wear it with. So this takes care of that um, problem. The third class is about 
adding visual interest because a lot of times people say, you know, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm wearing a solid color on top, solid color on the bottom. And how do I make this more interesting? And so one of the things is how to introduce prints into your wardrobe. And how do you choose a print? Because I've had women say to me, you know, I don't look, I don't look good in prints. I'm like, mm, yeah, you do. But we have to find the right prints. And so I show them how to evaluate a print. The fourth class is well, what we were just talking about, shoes. Shoes confound so many people because we've got all these different leg um, pant lengths and widths and oh my goodness, it can make you crazy. And so, you know, what goes with what and how do you choose? And then the fifth class is about jewelry. I love jewelry. And whether you wear little jewelry or big jewelry or you want to wear little or big or sparkly or whatever you want to do, I help you figure out how do you pair the jewelry with your outfits so that they add, they add value, if you will, and, and enhance the look and add visual interest. And then the last class is how do you take all of that information? And I walk you through all the steps of what we've learned to create a capsule wardrobe. And I have like six or seven different capsule wardrobes that I show people how to take like 11 or 12 pieces and create 20 or more outfits with it. And then I even walk people through, how, what do I do? What do, how do I shop? What are the questions I ask myself every single time I buy something? All the things I teach people in the six week class, I do myself. And if I don't do it, I make mistakes. So, and then anybody who needs a little extra support or as I encourage people to ask questions within the class or send me in questions in advance. And, but if somebody's a little more shy or doesn't want to do that, then they can book a one-on-one -on -one with me. And someone can't just go to my website and book a one-on-one -on -one time with me. They have to be in the class. So there are, and someone in the class can get $50 off a color analysis. So I try to have lots of really fun perks within the class, but it is a total blast. And if you can't make one or any of them live, you get the recording the next day so you can watch it and catch up and then ask questions. So, and then the videos are there for you to keep. You can go back and watch them six months or a year or whenever from now. So I try to make it as comprehensive and value packed as possible. So if you can't make a particular date, you have access to what, what you taught. Absolutely, absolutely. And you can always send in questions ahead of time and I will address them in the class so that then when you watch the recording, you'll see the answer to your question. So yes, it's um, really, I, I, I have a lot of fun with it, but I also wanna make sure I know how personal, you know, someone's style is and information is great, but then you have to personalize it. And so I help women be able to do that effectively so that they can use the information they're learning in the class. Well, I happen to know that Ginger's the real deal on this. So if anybody's interested in this, I hope you will look in the, uh, the, the episode notes on this, on this page. And when this comes out, this is coming out, I believe, what did I tell you, Ginger, the 19th, right? The yes. 19th. So that will be in time to, but, but if you're listening to this in 2023, it is very possible that Ginger, Ginger on TotalImageConsultants.com has something else marvelous going on. So definitely, definitely look into that. Now, Ginger, one of the things I'm doing this year is I'm asking people about their travel tips as a vegan. Do you have something in terms of being um, the way you pack, the way you show up, what you look for when you're traveling as a vegan and as somebody with a, a style and fashion business? Is there anything off the top of your head that you like to always have on hand or bring with you? 
I, I've always have snacks and things with me because you never know. I mean, a couple of years ago, right before COVID, I went out um, to an image consultant retreat out in California. And I know they were aware I was vegan, but I knew that we would go to some restaurants and they would serve me, you know, broccoli and, you know, a salad or something. And so, you know, I knew that I needed to have like either energy bars or I needed to know, was there a Whole Foods or someplace nearby where I could run and grab some tofu that then I could throw on the salad and broccoli they were giving me. But I, I try to do research ahead of time about the food that's out there because I'm not going to eat animals. So I want to make sure that I know in terms of, you know, clothing and stuff that I don't have any problem with packing what I need for that, but it's really more about making sure that I am taken care of either in, um, you know, as I'm being transported on by plane or train or whatever it is that I have the food that I need, um, or when I get where I'm going, that I have what I need so that I'm not just eating broccoli. <laughs> I mean, this was in Northern California, I figured, oh, you know, they're kind of hip. No, I mean, it was shocking to me. Shocking. I think, it, I think it's usually where you least expect it, that you run into yes. a problem. So it's all, yeah. yeah, I think that always have something in the purse. <laughs> oh, totally. Yes. Yes. Uh, Ginger, thank you so much for making time for, for the Veg Your Best listeners. Thank you for making time for me. Um, I really appreciate it. And I hope everybody's going to be intrigued and at least take a look at your, uh, your porch catwalk and get a sense of what's going on in, on Instagram, on Facebook, and your Ginger Burr on Facebook, right? Pretty much everywhere you can find me as Ginger Burr. Ginger Burr. Uh, yes. And I do have a free Facebook group called Your Total Image with Ginger. So you're welcome to, you know, come on and join that too. You get all the fashion tips and front porch catwalks there too. But That's Michelle, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. It's a blast talking with you. Total pleasure. Thank you so, so much. So, so what did you think about Ginger? I know. I should make the conversation available on video because Ginger was honestly resplendent in blue. But I'm just not up for that, my veggie besties. Getting Ginger Burr on the pod has reminded me of some work I want to do in terms of my own, my own private and public image. So my virtual assistant, Nancy, who keeps me on track with the paperwork, the website, the social media posts, she has been reminding me to get new professional photos for over a year. It might be two years. Who's counting? So big surprise, kids. Big surprise. Nancy, my VA, doesn't know this. Ginger doesn't know this. I am going to sign up for Ginger's newest course that is opening right now. The one she mentioned, Create Your Personal Style in Six Weeks. Ginger doesn't know. And listen, there is no affiliate link, no compensation here, none. I just realized that I, as I was putting the intro and outro together for today's podcast, I just realized that the way I think about my style and look was actually keeping me from inviting Ginger on the podcast. So there's some work to be done there. I don't know. I don't know if I can make the classes live right now with my schedule, but they are recorded. So there goes that excuse. So veg your besties, if you're interested in joining me, this could be fun. I will share with you what goes on for me over the next six weeks of the class. And I guarantee you right now that I will be 
tempted to avoid and talk myself out of it. But you know, the teacher arrives when the student's ready. Or in my case, sort of ready. And if you're ready too, if you're even kind of ready, maybe consider joining me in the class. The show notes have all the links, but you can find Ginger Burr, Ginger B-U-R-R, Burr, on Instagram and Facebook. And you'll find lots of tips and resources and so much inspiration there. So if you're ready to spend a little more time or a little more energy, not, not just on your appearance, but on enjoying your daily style, and you don't want a stylist who recommends leather and wool and fur, maybe join me. I would love to have one or two of you veg heads with me on this journey. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. There's much more to come over the next couple months with Ginger Burr. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So, until next week, make it easy and veg your best.